Well, good morning, beautiful people. Welcome to Love Babs Love Talk on Babs Rolls Ivy. It's Wednesday. It's the middle of the week. <laughs> Hump day. Ugh, I'm drinking coffee. I was out. I was out last night celebrating uh, Aya Beckles uh, Swanson's birthday. Oh boy, that woman. <laughs> oh, and we were at uh, El Segundo. And uh, damn margaritas. She had pictures of margarita on the table. I'm telling you, this must be something about aging because I didn't, I know I didn't drink that much. I feel like I drank so much, but I didn't. But oh, Ooh, margaritas. They were good though. And uh, I had tacos. You know, I'm really not a, I realize I'm not a taco person. I'll eat them. I don't love them. Like, I'd rather just take the stuff out of the taco. I don't like those soft tacos. Well, some places just make, they don't, they're not tasty enough for me. So anyway, no shade to El Segundo, but I really should have just had the hot dog that I had my heart on, but I didn't because it was Taco Tuesday. So I just didn't love them. Um. But I drank margaritas and had some salsa and chips. I don't like their chips either. Salsa was good. Needless to say, I'm not a fan of El Segundo's food. It's just eh, you know. We had a good time. Nice nice group of people. A lot of our college friends and MBA friends, uh, which was nice. Um, you know, me, Ife. Uh, K wholeness. Uh, Alicia popped through. Winter. Um, uh, Juanita Shaw, Malachi. Uh, it was a nice, nice turnout, and nice crowd of people who had a good time. So I parked my car in the housing authority. And I got a sticker on it. I got to get it off. I did text Karen and say, "Don't tow my car." It didn't get towed, but it did get stickered. Ain't no, those stickers don't come off. They do not come off. And, uh, and, uh, so now I got to go and put some goop on it. I want to take the 10 o'clock break so to soak in so I can just scrape it off because it's a pain. <laughs> Uh, Paul Bass is probably out there in these streets looking for some unsuspecting and unwitting uh, uh, citizen of these streets. So word on the street, I suspect, will be happening in about 15 minutes, 20 minutes, depending on who he runs up on. Uh, Yesterday, he was in the parking garage. And uh, I was hoping to get some inside scoop on parking scandals, but nothing. I guess they don't like the gossip during Ramadan. <laughs> so I was like, all right, no parking scandals for you. But I was hoping I'd get some juicy tidbits on, you know, what to do, where to go. No, nothing. He just likes everybody. <laughs> Here's the guy that likes everybody. So, um, I, I got some beef that I wanted to uh, air out a little bit 
uh, up on the New Haven Independent site because somebody tried to come for me and I had to, I had to clap right the hell back. So, you know, periodically I like to comment on the New Haven Independent site, you know, periodically. Not as much as I used to. In the early days, I was up there every day. Uh, uh, but not 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 so much. Um, so I commented on the uh, Ely Center foolishness. You know, the Ely Center, they had somebody working there who took offense at somebody on the board who was a registered sex offender. And, and, and then it all came, I guess... It all came to a head when they had their block party last summer and this person came. And then this person on staff found out about this person's status and just felt compelled to like, I don't know, like use it as a weapon or something. Um, And so it was just a mess. A mess. So the person ended up resigning from the board, and the other person, I think, left the job or something to that nature. And the person that left the job, um, his rationale for their rationale for trying to out this person was because he felt like the safety for the safety of children. And you know, ordinarily, you could probably could believe something like that if the Ely Center was known for running children through their museum, <laughs> through the gallery. I This person was just being an asshole, being whiny and hateful, and wanted everybody to join in in their hate. So I go to the opinion, and I, you know, I speak on it, because I'm like, somebody served their time, That that's it. Like, What's the, what's the, so if they, if they were, if you did know what they were, does that mean you would discriminate against them and say, no, they can't, they can't be in these spaces. And now they, now they've been in this space for 10 years, (laughs) helping, keeping this damn gallery afloat. And then one person just wants to crash that because they feel some kind of way about their status, not knowing none of the history, not knowing the story, just 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 on their own what they think they know movement so you know so i you know i chime in and i you know i call it as i see it i don't it's all right with me but then this person i'm trying to find the i should be able to find it it's up here somewhere i'm gonna i'm gonna pull it up so i could so i could be accurate uh about it because, you know, I'm nothing if not trying to be accurate. I want to make sure I quote them correctly so that they can't come back and be whining at me. And, you know, I don't know who it is. I only know the, the little pseudonym that they hide under. Because, you know, the the level of courage that it takes to stand on your word is a bit much for people. So they go behind cloaks and uh, say what they want to say. <laughs> you know they say stuff that they would never say in your face and they would never say in public because well in public in their own name under their own skin because they don't want they they want to be able to say what they want to say without the backlash you know and the backlash is not because they're whistleblowing on their job because we we don't see I never see that on the independent. I never know. I never see nobody whistleblowing. But may, maybe I'm not up there enough to know, you know. 
Um, so people get to, uh, people feel confident. It's like drinking. It's like drinking. It's like liquid courage. You know, you only have courage when you drink it. So same thing with, with anonymity posting anonymously. You only, you only do it because you could do it anonymously, but it's not, but it's not to shed light on anything. It's just to talk your own kind of smack without pushback, you know? So, you know, what I, what I, what I, what, what, what gets me annoyed about the anonymity piece is that people could be smiling in your face out in these streets and then up on these posts talking all kinds of smack. That's, that's, that's what I take a great deal of issue with. If I'm going to talk about you, I'm going to do it in person up front. I, I'm not going to hide behind cloak. I'm just not. I'm just not. I, that's just how I'm built. You know, I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to do it. So, uh, but anyway, I'm going to see if I can find it because it just got on my nerves so bad yesterday. And I think it just bothered me more because this person uh, made a statement about me that was not true. And uh, I just had to correct it. You can say, I, I don't care if you say anything about me, just speak the truth. You don't got to make up stuff or interpret what you think was said or, you know, whatever. Don't, don't do that. Cause I could tell you, uh, I could just tell you. So anyway, I'm going to, um, so it's under the, uh, the Ely center piece. The, the ex Ely Center. So Joseph Smith, forty four. So here's my here's my here's my reply to a Patri- Patricia Kane's reply, because she said she had this long ass thing about predators and patterns and whatever that is. You know, I'm like, are you a doctor? Like, what do you do? Like, shut up. Um, so anyway, she. You know, they and people just have their thing about. I, I listen. I'm not defending predatory behavior. That's not what I'm doing. I don't like predators no more than anybody else. But I also know if 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 whatever he did or didn't do or whatever, and he paid his time for it, that's it. If, until we decide some other punishment needs to be meddled out, then we have to accept the punishment that was given and served. That's it. So anyway, I responded to her and I was like, uh, Pat- Patricia Kane, you're making so many unfounded accusations. What are you talking about? This was not the case here. This person served their time. He was supportive and instrumental to the success of the Ely Center moving forward. It is not up to anyone to say, oh, that person wasn't punished enough. So let me dole out some additional punishment by having them removed from their volunteer commitment. Now, whether someone likes it or not, this person is a productive citizen. What I find suspect was... Why was the person whining and working to get this person removed? I wish the Ely Center had more courage and stood on the side of right instead of sacrificing someone they never had a problem with. Such inhumanity and pettiness and disrespect gives me pause about the Ely Center leadership. That's my post. So Joseph Smith, 44, comes back to me. 
it's fascinating that you describe another survivor of childhood abuse as whiny when you blame so much of your deliberate embezzlement as a byproduct of your own trauma. I guess trauma only matters to you when it's a cause for criminal action and that you otherwise jump to malicious motives when someone cites their own trauma as a source of wanting to protect their community and protect their rights as an employee. Highly disturbing and telling the way you have chosen to construe this situation. I, I'm not construing a damn thing, Joseph Smith, 44. That's not what I'm doing. What I said was this person <laughs> served their time. Now, if you have evidence that they were uh, being uh, uh, committing a crime, then your ass needs to call the police. Not take it upon yourself to get this person removed from their commit their voluntary commitment. That's not on you. So, I, so my response was. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even go back to Robin uh, R O B N because she just she's a little nutty. So I, I'm not even gonna uh, uh, I'm not even gonna I'm not a I'm not even gonna get into it with Robin and and uh, X R. They just sound crazy and Heather C and all of that. So my response to uh, to to uh, Joseph, let me see. Oh no, mine's is all the way at the bottom. That's right, because I I didn't respond to him. Uh, let's see. Uh, Let me see. Let me. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, that's a lot of comments. People just people just riffing. So let me tell you. So uh, to Joseph Smith, 44, let me correct you, sir. I did not blame any of my childhood trauma on my misappropriation of federal funds for a federal program. No, sir. What was written and shared was the history of the abuse. I did not come forward with it. The federal investigation discovered it and shared it. I suggest you go back and read more clearly what was said. When I speak about my incarceration, I do not use it as an excuse for anything. Not the foreclosure, not the loss of my job and employment afterwards, not the loss of health insurance, not the loss of my marriage, and not the loss of reputation and good standing in community. Get your mess straight before you come for me. I walk in truth. I own the reasons that landed me in Danbury Federal Prison Camp. I don't shy away from it. What I will not stand by and do is allow anyone to malign folks who have served time. You or anybody else don't get to heap more judgment and additional sentencing because you feel uncomfortable. That's not how this works. And if you have anything else you want to say, pull up 75 Ivy Street. That's it. You know, and then Bill Saunders weighs in. I don't, I don't even, I don't give a damn about Bill Saunders. You can go to hell with your bullshit. Uh, different rules for different people. Second chances for the connected. All right. You think that's how the judicial system works? Okay. Uh, 
whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, why would I reply to you? I don't know. People just go off their, off their rockers too much. Uh, If I have any inclination to reply, please remember, sir, is not my preferred salutation. Hey. Deuces. I'm not responding to you, dude. It's been fun. But yeah, so I always have a good time when I'm up on the New Haven Independent site. Because these people, it's the, you know, it's the usual suspects. The same, the same cast of characters at the watering hole. They're all right, though. They get to wax poetic. You know, you know, Bill Saunders is always whining about people being connected. <laughs> okay, Bill, we know. <laughs> all right. What, what you going to do about it? Oh, you just want to continue to whine about it. Fine. You and R-O-B-N and, you know, Heather C., the usual people, the usual gadflies at the bar. <laughs> hmm. I'm not worried about it. They can say whatever they want to say. You know, I'll just let it go. <laughs> Get you some connections, Bill Saunders. <laughs> Maybe that'll make you happier, nicer. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I suspect Paul's out there in the streets checking, and uh, we'll see. We'll see who he comes up with. Although it's, it's still, uh, it looks pretty bright outside. No, I think it's pretty gray outside. Um, it was rainy yesterday, a little bit rainy, a little bit drizzly, uh, and cold. I thought it was cold. Um but uh, yeah. So anyway, one week from today, we're on our way to Africa. We're on our way to Africa. We're on our way to Africa. On our way to Africa. Next week this time, I will be on my way to North Africa, to Morocco. And uh, uh, I'm excited because I will be 60. 60. Uh, And it has not sunk in yet. And and I, uh, I am, uh, I am uh, thinking about this. So it's it's 125 in the afternoon in Marrakesh right now. So I hop on a plane Wednesday. I think it's a six o'clock flight. I think it's an overnighter. And uh we'll we'll land in uh, Madrid. We'll be in Madrid for a couple for six hours or so. And then uh And then we're on our way to uh, Marrakesh. So I'm looking forward to it. Onward and upward. Onward and up, onward and upward. Onward and upward.
So I'm drinking some coffee this morning. I haven't had coffee in a long time. I mean, yes, I had coffee the other morning, but I hadn't made coffee at the house. So I made some coffee this morning and it's a light rose because the maximum of caffeine. So I need it. Hmm. I need it. High five to Karima Meekins, who is going to the campaign school at Yale. I think she's going to be amazing. She's going to enjoy it. So uh, she's already got strong leadership skills. Strong leadership skills. So I'm excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Get all those Deltas running through that campaign school. So it's, it's, she'll have a good time. Oh. She'll have a good time. And I, I'm so proud of her. So, yay. Marquisha did it last year. She's doing it this year. Um, um, Karima's doing it this year. So it'll be fine. So it'll be, it'll be a wonderful uh, opportunity. And, uh, and we, need more, we need more sisters uh, uh, learning how to run campaigns and running campaigns. Uh, Karima's elected to office. Uh, she is a city town clerk. She is a town clerk for Hamden. And, uh, you know, if she has higher aspirations, um, this will put her in good stead. So I'm I'm very, uh, I'm very excited by that. You know, very, very excited. Very excited. Very, very, very excited. Very excited. Uh, yeah, she's a Delta. Uh, you know. Um, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So I don't know where Paul is. I hear dogs barking, so I don't know if that's him down my street <laughs> being chased by the hounds. Oh no. <laughs> so um anyway, he might come on, he might not. But I know this at 1015, I've got Dr. Schockefelder. And uh, she's coming on because Higher Heights is celebrating 20 years. I remember when I met her, she's my soror too. Uh, I remember when, when, um, when I first heard of, uh, when I first heard of Higher Heights through her, um, I think I was running Jumpstart at the time. I mean, this was 20 years ago. So yeah, it had to be when I was running Jumpstart. Yeah, because uh, Marco hadn't even arrived yet. It was just Brianna. So 20 years, easy. Yeah, Marco hadn't arrived. Uh, and Brianna was three. Probably just about four or five by the time I met um, Shaka. Probably five. And uh, uh, and it's funny because uh, Brianna and, and Gregory went through higher heights and they went on a college tour you know and my my knucklehead son i don't even know why i sent him but i thought it would be a good experience for him um, to just take the trip go see some colleges and uh you know uh, but yeah, so she's coming on at 10.15. And I, I saw the pictures on my Facebook. She had just, uh, they just had the Young Legends Ball. And uh, uh, and those children look so beautiful. Um, and uh, 
I'm just so delighted. But I, you know, 20 years, it's it's just amazing how you feel like you could be standing still and time just, whoosh. I mean, n- none of us are standing still, but it just seems like, you know, when you're in, when you're doing the work, when you're into it, it just goes like, before you know it, it's, it's 20 years. I, it's just astounding to me. It really is just uh, amazing, 20 years. So she's coming on to celebrate this. And she she told me about this months ago. So it's been on the calendar for a while. Uh, and then, um, uh, uh, let's see. I think I've got people on every day this week. I've talked to people every day. I think pretty much every day. Yes, because I started with Jeffrey Page. Yesterday was uh, Steve Driffin, which was a wonderful conversation. Uh, today is Dr. Shaka uh, Felder. Tomorrow, um, Kayla Vinson from Yale Access to Law School in the, in the, in the uh, Racial, Racial and Justice Center at Yale Law School uh, is coming on uh, to talk about the 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 opening call for new fellows come get you some of this law school pain (laughs) new fellows new fellows can you imagine it is time so that so the application the applications are are opening i think they opened on the seventh monday and uh so she's coming on tomorrow uh to talk about the new application process. And then I can, I can speak from a place of knowing because I'm in it. <laughs> and when I tell you it's the hardest damn thing I've ever done, it's, it's pretty much up there. It's one of the hardest things I've done. I was like, oh, baby. Uh, but, uh, uh, but, you know, there's something to rigorous study. It's challenging. It is very, very challenging. It is challenging. Um, but I'm just excited. So I'm just excited about it. I'm excited. So uh, so anyway, she's coming on tomorrow and she's going to talk about the program and, you know, we're going to spend some time talking about this. Now they're, they're, this is the fourth cohort and uh, it's going to be something. So, uh, so I'm excited. I, I can't wait. So. You know, hey, Margo, are you going out now? Oh, I was going to tell you to take the goop from under the sink and spray it on that that uh, sticker. And just let it sit on there for a bit and I'll scrape it off. <laughs> yeah, this is interactive radio. <laughs> this is very, very interactive radio. very interactive radio very interactive radio so anyway Hmm. anyway Uh, uh, so and, and then Friday I don't think I have a guest at all no isn't that odd? I don't have a guest on Friday. And then I was going to not come in on Monday, Tuesday, but I am coming in on Monday, Tuesday, um, because um, I've got the folks from uh, Yale Rep coming in about the play um, that's up, um, that's coming, that's opening up. And uh, 
I'm I'm excited. I, I gotta pull it up because I don't know what it is off the top of my head. Um, but they're coming on all four four actors. They're gonna tune in and uh talk about this play. And it's a black play. I mean, it's play with black people, black play about swimming. And and I'm excited. So I, I'm I don't I'm hoping that I when I get back, I could go see it. Uh, so I'm just going to put them in. So, yeah, so I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to, um, I wasn't going to be here Monday, Tuesday, but I really want to talk to these folks and, uh, I don't want to miss out on talking to them. So I'm going to come in Monday, Tuesday, Monday, just so I could talk about, I'm getting ready to go. And then Tuesday to have the conversation. So, <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. That's, that's, that's really what it is. And uh, it's not like I work in a coal mine. It's not a, it's not a coal mine job. Do you know what I mean? Oh, the ripple, the wave that carried me home. Uh, I just love the title of that. It's just poetically beautiful. And the, uh, and the picture is gorgeous too. I don't know if you could see it, but I, I mean, I'll have a, I'll have a good picture. This is just on my phone, but it's at the Yale rep. Oh yeah. It, it, it's going to, it starts April 28th and it runs through May 20th. Um, so yes, yeah, so I'll be able to see it uh, when I get back and I'm excited to see it seriously. Um, the ripple, the wave that carried me home. And it's a, it's a story about uh, it's directed by Christina Anderson and uh, directed by uh, Tamila Wood, Tamila Wood. So 1992, Janice lives with her family in an Ohio suburb, a world away from her childhood in 1960s Kansas, where her activist parents fought to integrate public pools and taught Black children how to swim. When she is asked to return and speak at a ceremony honoring her father, she must decide whether she is ready to reckon with her political inheritance and a past she has tried to forget. The ripple, the wave that carried me home is a poignant, transporting, and quietly subversive story of justice, legacy, and forgiveness. I'm so, I'm ready to see this thing. I'm ready to see it. I'm ready to see it. So uh, 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 I'm, I'm excited to, uh, I'm excited to um, see it. So uh, I, I'm just so happy that I get to talk to them. Um, and yeah, I probably could have waited until I got back, but I, I wanted to get ahead of it. And thank you, Steve Padla from uh, Yale Rep for uh, helping, to, for, you know, facilitating this, this conversation and this, this guest appearance, because I, uh, I, I want to talk about it. <laughs> and, I, and I think I'll, I think hopefully I can maybe have the director on or somebody come on uh, again. Uh, because I think it's well worth having a conversation, more than well worth having a conversation with the with the director. And if I could have the writer, that would be great too. But you know, writers are you know writers write a plan and they off to the next thing. But the director, you know, is around because there's directing to be done. <laughs> so so I, I'm looking forward to that. Seriously, I really am looking forward to it. Um, uh, uh, and uh, it is well worth me coming back on to just do that part. And I'm doing it. So hooray, 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 hooray. Hooray, 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 hooray. Um, so, you know, these are the things. 
these are the things. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an amazing time. I've got lots to do. I have lots to do. I have packing to do. I think I have some laundry to do. Uh, get some things in order. Oh wait, word on the street. Uh oh, who who does who has Paul run up onto today, boys and girls? <laughs> good morning. Good morning, Babs. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm with Scarlett and Gregory. Yeah. On Willis Street this morning, and Scarlett's on her way to work. But Gregory is not in the same rush as he might be some other morning. So our question is, what's the word on the street this morning, folks? It's cold. Is it cold? The cherry blossoms are out. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> so Scarlett, do you guys both live in this house? Yeah, we do. Yeah. And so, like, so this is a workday for you, Scarlett. It's not for you, Gregory. And what what do you usually do? I'm a hairdresser. All right. Where do you work? I work at Salon Data more sport. Uh huh. That's a good schlep. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's where what, the money they, is. Money, money, yeah. money. <laughs> so you go in ever to say, like, come on, on my porch. Try, I'm trying to get off Willis Street. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so what days do you work? Uh, all week, Tuesday, Tuesday to Saturday. But why is today off? Um, I can't have spring break. Oh, okay. So do you get the whole week? Um, I took Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah. And what are you going to do with the kids? Yesterday, I went to New York City at the Museum of Natural History. And today... Not sure. Try to get them through some work right now. <laughs> so now Hamden, that's a different week from other schools, right? Don't most yeah, schools yeah, take yeah, off yeah, 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 yeah. Easter week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was actually pretty convenient because there was nobody in New York yesterday. Oh, okay. And what you, what was it like at the museum? It was wonderful. We got there late, so we had to leave a little early, but uh, it was great. Do you take the train? Took or the train. Took the, drove to Bridgeport and then took the train from Bridgeport to Newport. And why did you drive to Bridgeport for the train? Too much of a schlep uh, across the... We had New Haven push. Why didn't we... You know what? We should have taken the train from New Haven. I don't know. We probably should have taken the bus to the train. Mm-hmm. And Scarlett, what do you do for a that's a lot. That's a lot. I'm a full-time mom and a courier in the evening. And what's a courier? Um, <laughs> do you want to explain it? <laughs> She's uh, just moving some uh, uh, medical... Medical uh, bags from the medical office, uh, orthopedic yeah. mail and stuff like that. Between three offices. Oh, you, you help an orthopedic group yeah. communicate. Yeah. You know what's interesting to me about that, Scarlett? That makes me think of the last century when you had inter-office memos. Exactly. Remember, we used to put stuff in folders, yeah, but now yeah, we got exactly. email. So why do they need courier? Um, or is it more medical? Billing, billing. usually. And, um, He's been doing it for Yeah, billing and uh, some things have to be in handwritten stuff. And so often, um, yeah, there's... Uh, few offices and they send stuff back and forth. And so you go, but you said it's at night you work. I work in the yeah. evening. This morning I'm covering a shift. Oh, covering a shift. Okay. How, now you say you've lived in, in Willis Street for 10 years. 10 years. How do you like it? I mean, it's all right. It's not the best place. Where did your guy come from originally? What brought you to Willis Street? Um, I came from Hamden and obviously it's an inexpensive house. It's a really nice house. Yeah, it's a nice house. I put a lot Don't of you love those babs, the old kind of... Oh my God, I love it. So what's happening on Willow Street that you're not feeling it? Where you want to live? Oh, <laughs> no, it's the gun violence. That's the gun violence. That we this have gun violence so on Willow we, Street? Willis. Willis. Willis oh, Street Willis. So Babs, before we went on the air, the reason I was a little late, there were three cop cars that zoomed down the yeah. street and they thought there were some shots fired at the end of the corner. But the people there couldn't see if it was or not. But yeah, so I live in uh, New Hallville too. I live on Ivy Street. Oh, uh, yeah, right around the corner. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And right around the corner from you guys is where the Ducks Deli is. Yeah, and they had a big fire the other day. Yeah. You know what that was about? 
Yeah, uh, I don't know what it's about. But I do have noticed there have been a lot of fires in this neighborhood, and there's a lot of new buildings. That's a pretty interesting thing. That, But it's not the fires aren't at the new buildings. Uh, well, there's going to be new buildings where the fires were. Oh, so you think people might be burning down these houses to have cheaper real estate? Well, we could make that inference. Yeah. Where's the new building? Well, there's there's gonna be there's one down the street, Mm -hmm. and then there's gonna be one where Dicks is. Mm -hmm. Dicks is okay. So, what did you think when you heard about Dicks? Oh, Dicks. I'm sorry, Dicks. Yeah. 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 That you know, to be honest with you, I don't. I know it's a place where people buy food, but that was, uh, you know, that was all they did. All they sell crack outside. So if that's not burned down, I'm kind of happy. You're kind of happy. That's a, nothing but problems there. People sell, and the police let it happen. So, you know, no. Like, my taxes are going up. The police drive her out every once in a while, but they'll be gone in five minutes, and these guys will be back on the corner. And the cops don't care. So. And Dick Staley, that's, um, you know, that features in a book that came out last year really? about New Hallville. Really? I love to a read guy, it. A guy who's called The Other Side of Prospect about a guy who was framed for a murder, a teenager they didn't commit because of a crooked cop. But this guy hung out at Dick's Deli 24-7, yeah. sort of like that was sort What's of the place. Um, the Other Side of Prospect. And the guy by, said, Nick, by Nicholas Davidoff. Nicholas Davidoff. He spent seven years interviewing everyone in this murder case and in this neighborhood about the deli. Wow. Well, tell me, but you've lived here since 2010. There must be good things about living here, right? Oh, uh, this is, you know, this is, I, I, I love it. I love people. I, yeah, this is great. You know, one of my co-workers, um, she grew up on the street in the 70s. And... I lost Whatever. your sound. When, okay. I moved here, when I moved here, people just did, really were just so welcoming. It was one of the most welcoming areas I've ever lived. Mm-hmm. I love my neighbors. Um, you know, minus some of the crime, it's, it's a wonderful place. Do you ever feel unsafe on your street? This is a, oh, yeah, it yeah, seems yeah, like yeah, a nice yeah, street. Yeah. No, no, no. You don't go outside at night. You, know? you don't go out at night? No, because right there is like drug dealing all day long. You know, like people come. And they sit in the car and they sell drugs to people's phone and buy drugs on the corner on Willis Street. Look, that's up it right now. Oh, yeah. They sit in the cars. Oh, and wow. Then, and this is all day long. Wow. And, uh, how old are your kids? Um, my kids are 13, 15, and 17. So you must, they're of an age where they go on their own out, right? Yeah. My, my the little ones are kind of like they're, they're, they're still in the nest. But the older one, he just kind of, he, 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 he grew up around here. So he knows. He, He's Where's he go to school? Where are the kids go? They live in they live in Hamden full time, but so oh, at least you have them for the yeah, day. Yeah, for the day. All right, but they know they know they know the area well. And can I ask where you grew up? I grew up um, in Westport. Oh, so you're from Westport. Did you meet at the hair salon? No, we met online. Oh, you met online. Oh, you guys are. I'm sure, so I'm sure you guys know who Frank Ford is. This is Frank right. Ford's daughter. Oh my goodness! And you guys, I'm sure you guys were, you know. Um, He's not alive anymore, right? He's not alive. Okay. I'm so sorry. That's okay. You're not to throw. I know she's probably embarrassed. She's like, <laughs> but you guys, yeah, with, with the news. And you got the Rangers hat. I got the Rangers hat. So you got, you saw that's good. Yes, out of respect. So I'm trying to get the Westport case. So you cut hair in Westport, but you're from Hand and you live on Willis. You lived in Westport and met him online. We met each other online a couple, like, oh, you had a year and a half ago. Oh, a year and a half ago. Yeah. And now you're living up here from yeah. Westport. Yeah. What's it like? I love it. And you like, so you, it seems like, Maybe you have a more positive attitude than Gregory toward the neighborhood. Or Gregory oh, seems God. like he loves the neighborhood, but I don't blame you, by the way. No, no, I've lived on a street where people get shot and dealing drugs, yeah, and I didn't like it. I moved. Yeah. 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 But I mean, communities often more than like when you hear about the worst day. Like I was right. thinking about this poor guy I just talked to 
who got pulled over because where the shooting was, he happened to just be driving by. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, I was just driving by and I don't see any shooting everything. I'm just going around my neighborhood, you know? <laughs> well, tell me about you come from Westport to live on Willis Street. Well, I actually came from upstate New York. So I was living upstate. Where? Um, okay, so technically, I guess I would get shamed for saying upstate. It's mid-state. That's okay. <laughs> we're going to let you off. Who is, I'm, uh, <laughs> we're, like the Hudson Valley. Oh, that's beautiful. Where oh, that's Hudson pretty. Valley? Yeah, um, in Stone Ridge, kind of near New Paltz. Oh, yeah, no, New Paltz. And New Paltz has really changed. I saw when I last went to New Paltz, it had become one of those small university cities that in the last 20 years have gotten a renaissance because people discovered they like the smaller city with the academic setting. Am I right about that? Because that's the vibe I got there. The vegan restaurant and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. So so that's a real change, though. That's all nature out there. Coming from New Paltz to um, Willis G, what's that been like for you? Well, it's interesting because I was just looking through old photos. I got, uh, I had to replace a phone and I did a backup from when I used to live up there. And it really made me realize how much I actually do um, need kind of to walk out in nature every day. So I appreciate both sides. And, and this I, is one thing, again, in Babs, you and they would know that, but I would. What always strikes me in New Hallville is how much beauty there actually is. It's true. You no, have all these true. green spaces. I was noticing the wonderful trees. Like, look it at such a good job. The city did all this. The city did yeah. what? All these all these trees, maybe 15 years ago. Really? They did. Yeah, that wasn't URI or not. The city actually, uh, we got. I got the city to put this one in, but all of these other ones they put in previous, and they're gonna bloom and blossom in a week or. And so. what kind of tree is that that just blossomed? I don't know. These are cherry? apple trees. Yeah, that might be. A, I don't think it's a cherry blossom. But you know, so that so here I'm asking a leading question. I want to put words in your mouth. When you think about having lived in Mamish nature, rural, right? Yeah, yeah. And now you're living in Willis. You were in Westport, you're yeah. here living here. And you're concerned about some of the stuff like around the corner, but you also got these amazing trees yeah. right outside yeah. your window. I mean, I actually think this is beauty right outside yeah. your house. Is that sort of a metaphor for life? Yeah. That life is isn't neat. Life is never all one way or another way. Tell me about that. What were we talking about? Well, Greg and I, Greg was just pointing out that this you know, tulip over here is literally growing out of there's trash in the and it's there are other there are other things growing out of it and why are you talking about that is it a metaphor am i being a dumb reporter who's putting words in your mouth is that a metaphor for your life what do you think bass am i putting words in their mouth or <laughs> no <laughs> But why, when you were talking about that, were you honestly thinking about that, or were I putting words in your mouth? No, we were just talking about that. And what what made you think about that? What were, what were you thinking about that? I mean, we were kind of relating it to our well, the tulip. You were relating to life and relationships, and you know, unpredictability. Unpredictability. Yeah. Because I'm thinking about you were. You were, I guess, in New York originally and then Westport, now upstate New York, and now you're here on Willow Street and you were in Hampton. You go down to Westport, you're here on, and it just, it seems like you never know what the next year is going to bring, right? And it's each, I, you know, I try and look at each move, each new place as like an adventure. Mm-hmm. And so, and so you've lived a lot of different kinds of places. Yes. So today you're going off to work. You, who noticed the tool of you or Greg? Greg. And he pointed out to you? He pointed out to What'd me. What'd you say? Just to remind me of life. Is that yeah, true? Yeah, just remind you. Yeah, it's like yeah. amongst all of the litter and the yeah. filth comes this beautiful flower. Yeah. Right? And maybe your love and your relationship will be the next beautiful flower. Yeah. What do you think? Okay, I'm getting savvy, Baz. Do you have any questions? 
<laughs> I, I find it to be the most interesting your neighbor's couple. <laughs> no, um, I, I feel I you. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to let, let her get off to work. I might take some pictures of the flowers if I have their permission yeah. so we can put them in the independent. Yeah. I'm going to ask the RI people what tree that is because I love trees, but I'm an idiot about them, even though I read the overstory and claimed to change my life. So we're going to sign off now with Babs. I love Babs, love talk at WNHHFM. New Haven's home for community radio. Have a nice day. You too. <laughs> okay. Oh my God, New Haven is New Haven is so full of so many interesting people. So many interesting people. That's what I love about this city. And they and we're neighbors. <laughs> I feel you. I feel like New Haven has way too much trash. I I've got to figure out a way to just like deal with that. You know, like I want. I want to get people to be like, let's clean up our street or something. I don't know. It's just too much trash. Um, but uh, interesting people. New Haven is so full of interesting people. They were the most interesting couple. Um, you know, so, yeah. I don't know what the backstory is on Dix. I know Dix was problematic in Kensington over there in, in the Kensington KSI neighborhood. I, I know I know it was problematic. Oh, that was that was Ducks. Um, so anyway, these, these little corner stores are problematic. I put, put a, put a trash can every 20 feet like Disney. So we can have 20, so we can have a gazillion empty trash cans. <laughs> yeah, you might be right. I, I, I'm, that might, that might work, Harry. I don't know. That might work. Cause I, I, it's just so much trash. I don't know how people could, st- I cannot live with all this trash. Um, that find it to be problematic. So, but anyway, um, that was a very, uh, Greg and Scarlett were very interesting. Very interesting indeed. So, uh, but yeah, and I can appreciate somebody who can appreciate beauty when they see it. Do you know what I mean? Like, okay, yeah, I see the trash, but guess what else I see? Tulips. (laughs) I see tulips. Um, and so I kind of, I kind of dig that. I kind of dig that a lot. So that was a nice, that was a nice talk, uh, Paul. Very nice. Very nice, interesting group of people. And Paul, you way over here in New Hallville. <laughs> Paul be getting around. <laughs> and he is walking. Like, I'm going to just go over in New Hallville today. And you got to walk downtown or do you hop on the bus? Do you wait for the bus now and just like catch the bus downtown? Or do you just walk? through and go down go through and walk you know to get back downtown like i would just wait for the bus but now you got to pay for the bus so it's not like it's free so and walking is free so oh he's on his bike okay all right oh that's right because you know what i saw him the other day on his bike that's the music from the Wizard of Oz, you know, the wicked witch who rides her bike, the green one, the green witch. Um, well, she's not a witch when she's riding a bike. She's like a regular person, but she's the wicked witch in the Wizard of Oz story. Um, uh, okay, that's not bad then. Okay, then I, I can see why he gets around. Because I was like, man, he is all over the place. How did he get around like that? Walking. Uh, he's not walking. He's on his bike. So that reminds me, I need to take my bike and get it fixed. I want to ride it this summer, you know, 
but early in the morning, you know, before somebody could like beat my butt and take it. <laughs> and I'm not going to fight anybody for a bike. I'm like, listen, want the bike, take the bike. Want the bike, take the bike. Want the bike, take the bike. Oh, you know, so. Uh, so I'm going to take a break in a few minutes. And uh, and then uh, I'm going to come back with uh, Dr. Shaka Felder, who is celebrating uh, 20 years of higher heights. 20 years. Can you believe that? 20 years. And, uh, and I'm delighted to talk to her because I, I, I want to hear, um, um, has, has higher heights reached her expectation? What was, her, what was the goal when she started it? And, uh, and how does she feel about it now? And uh, what are the dreams she wants to chase? So, and you know, she's a she's a fitness guru too. You know, she's a she's a uh, she's a a, a bodybuilder uh, and a and a personal personal fitness coach. Uh, and she works out of um, she works out of um, uh, uh, Robert's gym. So, yes, it's always I don't know why people people are just silly. So <laughs> everything is recorded. It's gonna it's live. It's recorded. <laughs> so, Harry, I'm going to take a break early. I'm going to go on break now, and then I'll be back at 1015 with Dr. Shaka Felder. Chaka, 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 con. Chaka, con. Chaka, con. Chaka, con. Chaka, con. Let me rock it. Let me rock it. Chaka, con. Let me rock it. That's all I want to do. Chaka, con. Let me rock it. Let me rock it. Chaka, con. Let me rock it. Let me feel for you. Chaka, con. What you do? What you want to do? Do you feel for me? What you feel for you? Chaka, con. Let me tell you what I want to do. I want to love you. Wanna hug you, wanna squeeze you too And let me take it in my arms, let me feel you with my charm, Chaka Cause you know that I'm the one to keep you warm, Chaka I make it more than just a physical dream I wanna rock you, Chaka, baby, make you make me wanna scream Let me rock you, rock you
going in circles. Laura Winslow, I ain't gonna be your Urkel. But I can't find a strength, I need to let you know. Damn, I really need to let you go. Tired of being your April fool. We get back together, then you do me like you do. And I ain't used to feeling like this. I'm supposed to be happy, I'm rich. Instead, you got it again of late. Tossing and turning, handy in a cup, push roll, and it's burning. Yeah, I know I gotta get a grip, cause I can't keep living like this. You must think I'm supposed to be here with you and I won't leave. No, I can't keep playing a fool. I'm done with you. This ain't how it's supposed to be. You don't act the same with me. No, I can't keep playing a fool. I'm done with you. Thinking they frank, but really they hostas. They feeling the 
Chris Hodges. They chill in the air like a conscious. That's what the meaning of clearing the conscious. Hey, process, yeah. They trying to keep up with their cockpit. Hey, she trying to be us with their glasses, yeah. Really can't see, give them glasses. Leaving them brainless as hostages, yeah. I flick them and hit them and clip them and pass them. Leaving them dying, I'm out in the ashes. Saying I'm dead, they apostle. I burn them, they dread it like glasses, yeah. They see it how I want to do it. That's how I'm flipping for profits, yeah. Second hour of Love Babs Love Talk. Hey, Dr. Shaka Felder in the house. Good morning. Welcome. Good morning. You are jamming. <laughs> that's that's a way to that's start the day. My producer Harry keeps me in good music. <laughs> oh, yes, I love it. I love Ooh, it. How are you? I'm tired, but I'm good. <laughs> Listen, 20 years in, girl. 20 years. Yeah. Is that right? Higher heights, 20 years? Yeah. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Listen, that lasted longer than my marriage. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I'm. I'm. We're, we're we're happy. We're very happy. Very humbled. Just just happy. <laughs> All right. So when you started this, because I met you 20 years. I met you just when you just arrived and you was came to talk to me. I think I was running Jumpstart and you were like, "This is what I want to do." And I was like, "Really?" You know. Uh, so. When you start, when you had that dream, what was the dream? What was the dream initially? So I, I, I've been comfortable now telling this story. I guess when you get older, you get more comfortable telling your story a little bit more because I didn't feel comfortable way back when. But um, I lived in Buffalo for about 10, a little over 10 years. I went to undergrad in Buffalo. And, and I tell the story because, you know, I'm a very spiritual person. Um, and um I, God gave me a vision. I'm being totally honest with you, Babs. And I, one night I just wrote down um, higher heights. I, I literally wrote it all down on a yellow notepad. Um, and I called it um, an empowerment center. I didn't have the name higher heights yet. I called it the empowerment center. And I wrote the entire model out. Then, um, then my fiance, who you love dearly, now my husband, Steven, my, my cigar and drinking buddy. <laughs> he loves his cigars, boy. Um, but then we moved to um, New Haven. I was recruited to, to work in New Haven or work in the state, actually, and took that notepad out. And I, I, I don't know. I, I went to an event. On um, now it's long war right in front of Hill Regional Career. Jackie James was an alderman back then, and I heard that she was bringing um, a tribe called Quest to New Haven. And I'm a Harlem girl, so a tribe called Quest means a lot to me. So I wanted to go see a tribe called Quest, and I just went down there, and they never showed up. <laughs> but 
but I got a chance to talk to Jackie and I told Jackie what I was, what I wanted to do. And I had like this, you know how the old school um, science fair, like the three pronged science fair thing <laughs> I had made. Like this three prong thing, and I had like higher. I had I don't know if it was called higher heights then. I might, yeah, yeah. I had the name higher heights. I was sitting in church one Sunday, and the sermon was labeled higher heights, and I was like, oh, I received that. And I had higher heights there, and I had this three prong like folder display, like an old third grader science fair. And I told Jackie James about it, and then she introduced me to her sister, Latrice James. And it just happened from there. And Latrice is one of my um, founding board members. And it just, I don't know. I just, I started it. Um, I always wanted to help kids. Like that's, I just wanted to help kids, but I wanted to help kids go to college. Um, and it's and it's been 20 years, 20 years later, 10,000 students more. Oh and my gosh. And, I, and families, like you just don't, Listen, you don't just take kids. You you take us too. Like you take these, you take us tired ass parents along with you for the ride. Cause I had two of my children. I have four children, as you know, and two of them came through 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 higher heights. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, they I dragged them, I made them go. They they didn't want to go because they were like, oh, more school, more school. But it really was the foundation for how they think about pursuing education. Yeah. And and at, like you when you tell me that yeah, drag the parents. <laughs> the parents don't realize how much they need to be a part of this process. As much as I know you guys want to leave them alone and let them go. <laughs> like Jesse, you know Jesse Phillips, right? Jesse yes. to our 20th anniversary event a couple of weeks ago and we honored him. And he gets on the microphone and he said, you know, we all dump the kids on Chaka. We just dump them on Chaka. And I just was cracking up, but I love that. I love that the families, you all, the community feels comfortable knowing that like, we're going to do right, do right by you. We're going to do right by your kids. I, I love it. I love it. And that's yeah. all I want. That's all I want. Yeah. No, I mean, I, 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 it's, it is a real testament to what you do um, because I've seen so many kids and I've been t- sending people over there for years and years and years. Cause I was like, Listen, you don't want to do this college thing by yourself. It is so, people think it's easy, but it is unbelievably difficult to, to, uh, to do the FAFSA, to, to take these kids on college tours. To I mean, that is a lot. And I was like, you know what? If I could outsource this. <laughs> give them the chakra. Give them the chakra. Let's give them the chakra. Let's give them the- so when you, when you first started, what was, what was, what, 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 did you start with and what do you have right now? What did you add or subtract in your 20 years of doing this work? So what did I start with? I started with a thought. (laughs) I started with a dollar. (laughs) Um, And literally um, we only had 25 kids. And Uh, Jackie told me about uh, Yale University and how there might be some kids over there who wanted to do some partnerships or whatever. So we literally were over, I think it's a health center or something like that, um, every Saturday. And we were just doing SAT test prep back then and um, like character development around the financial aid process. And I don't know where those 25 students came from because I had just gotten to New Haven. So that just tells you that like the need 
was there, yeah. right? Yeah. Nobody knew me. And I just started pushing out a fly. <laughs> like, let me tell you, I'm a hard girl. I'm a hustler. Like, I will go put flyers on your car. I will go <laughs> put flyers in your mailbox. Like, I will go do what I, I did, what I needed to do to put flyers in people's places, in barbershops and supermarkets. I remember going around the Shaw's. I think it was Shaw's supermarket back then. <laughs> and I was posting up flyers around high heights in the supermarket on my own. Um, and we had 25 students and it just, it bloomed from there. And we did, I think our first college tour, maybe three years after that, um, like our big college tour. And I took those kids to like DC, Maryland. Um, and it, we just kept, kept it going. What I've added since then is we're no longer an after-school program. Like that Saturday, Saturday model was considered like an after-school program. Mm -hmm. And so now we're in, we service from 25 kids to 1,000 kids every year. So we're in three schools in New Haven, three schools in Hartford, and I still run myself the traditional Saturday program. So we oh now gosh. have full-time staff. Um, I have six full-time staff. Um, they do the Monday through Friday stuff in schools. And I take the families who are in the greater New Haven area who want to do like that, still that old school, higher heights foundation program on Saturdays and Sundays. I'm with them. Um, but yeah, we have a thousand kids that we service now every year. Wow. So that's, so that must be a plus to schools, particularly, are you, are you still doing SAT prep and you're still doing, um, that's a lot because SAT as I recall, was hard when I was a kid and I'd been out of high school 40 some year, 40 years. So and now you're getting ready for that LSAT. Oh girl, <laughs> you gotta you gotta prep for that because <laughs> now you know. Now you know. Woo! I mean I'm in a prep program and that it is it's hard. And you know, this is what I know, Shaka, and maybe you can speak to this. I, I don't know what we are doing in school education wise, but we are not training kids to think critically and logically about these kinds of things not so much to to teach to a test but but i i feel the deficits just doing this right like i and i i got undergraduate masters degrees and i feel the deficit i feel it um what so when you see kids coming in do you clearly see the deficits do you see them and how do you address them so that's a great question. Um, the deficit is there. And I, I want to be clear. The deficit is not just there with our urban students. Let me just be clear. It is there with all of our students. Um, you never hear that, though. You never hear that. It's part. there. Okay. It's there. I want to be very, very clear. Um, and what the way that Higher Heights, uh, I think what Higher Heights does is because students are coming in with a targeted focus, their internal motivation shifts. When you go to school, it's like, I got to go to school. I got to go do this. I just got to go to these classes. I got to, you know, like it's manufactured. When you make that shift and you come to higher heights, whether you were dragged there by your mother named Babs or, <laughs> you know, you came on your own, like the shift just happens. 
But the other thing that I've noticed too is our community. Like we have a no nonsense approach to excellence. Like you can't come into higher heights and be average. Like it's just, it's like it's embedded in like the way that we are and the way that we approach the kids. And it's carried over into the parents. So even if the parent can't, it has this attitude, like I have parents who start with us and who are just like, I don't know what to do with my kid. By the time they're done with us, they're like, okay, we're doing this, we're doing this. We're doing this. <laughs> so it's, it's, a, it's, it's the culture. And I, schools need to adapt that mindset. It's culture. You can have the best curriculum in the world. You can have all the content that you want. But if the culture does not match the family and the kid, that kid is just going to go through school and just be manufactured like a manufactured human. And, and that's our culture is just built to, to for our kids to be excellent, whether they decide to go to Gateway, because that is still excellence, or whether they decide to go to Yale, because that is excellence as well. Excellence for us is you being successful and whatever fits for you. And I think people know that about us and they don't, there's no pressure to come in and say, oh, I'm going to a four-year school. But if you don't want to, there's nothing wrong with that. Like you're going to be excellent at Gateway. Like I, I, we will make you the make next president at Gateway Community College. So <laughs> it's okay. Do you, you understand what I'm saying? Yes, that, I do. That's the, that's the difference. Like schools need to stop manufacturing uh, babies. Wow. That's pretty powerful. That's pretty powerful because I, uh, because I, you know, there's so much conversation around, you know, how to teach children and how to teach kids. Like we, we are still stuck on how to teach children how to read, right? Like we are revisiting that conversation. And I'm like, man, if we are stuck on that, how are we training the next leaders? If we are, if we can't come to a common ground around how to, how to use phonics or not to use phonics. <laughs> But we have, in, even in our program, even, even though we're doing the SAT test part, we do a lot of math in our program, a lot of math. And, but it becomes applied math because mm. we're making the students own financial decisions early on and making connections. Like when I'm in our sessions and we're talking about basic algebra, basic math. I literally have to pull in mathematical equations. And I remind them, I know you learned this in ninth grade. I know you learned this in 10th grade. And then when they apply it to real life situations and they're going, oh, okay. Now they get it. It's not that you can't teach them. They just can't make the connections to how it's applying to real life for it to sink in. That's the difference. You can teach them. They just are, we're not making it applicable for them to see why it's valuable. You can teach our students all day long. Hmm. So when did, so you, three years in, you started touring colleges, right? You started going, taking kids. And, and I, I would imagine the majority of these kids is the first time they've ever been on somebody's college campus or been outside of their communities to get a taste of what this could be like. So to talk a little bit about that thing behind that. Like what, what is your motivation for that? Uh, when the, when, when the smiles come, you see how I'm like, I'm smiling when you say that, because we just got off uh, what last Friday night, we just came back from our week long college tour. 
we do all the PWIs during the school year, right? PWIs, for those who don't know, stands for predominantly white institutions. So Connecticut um, is surrounded by PWIs. So we visit all the local schools, all the regional schools, but it's always that April or that spring break trip. It's always that trip that does it because we're going Alabama, Georgia, <laughs> North Carolina, Maryland, D.C. So you hitting all the HBCUs. <laughs> HBCUs. And for those who don't know, that stands for Historically Black Colleges and Universities. And yes, I'm taking Hispanic students on this trip. Yes, I've taken Caucasian students on this trip. Um, and our students are just like, it's like Candyland. It's like, what is this? Um, <laughs> from, from, from the surrounding, if we're in a rural area, we go to Alabama, very rural. They're like, what is this? <laughs> right? Or we go to Atlanta, Metro Atlanta, and they see all these buildings. So now this generation only sees Metro Atlanta on Ratchet TV, right? So <laughs> then we're driving through Metro Atlanta and I'm like, this is where we are. But then we go to Dr. King's, uh, the Dr. King Nonviolence Center, or we go to the Washington Memorial and, and we see the Capitol. Like this generation just experienced January 6th. Like last week, we saw the Capitol and they're able to make those connections and go, oh, this stuff is real. Like this isn't just a building that I see on TV. Like these things exist. Um, I'll tell you what was so powerful is, and it's always, and I love it, um, Babs. Now when we go, we have kids on campuses. And so like when we go to Hampton, we're always calling our Higher Heights alum. Hey, we're on campus. Come meet us in the student union. Kids come down. Go to Morehouse. Hey, we're on campus. We're in the student union. Norfolk, hey, we're on campus. And like our Connecticut kids get to see that other Connecticut students took the leap and like went out of state and they're able to make connections and they're talking. So I'm out of the picture. It's just now it's kids talking to kids saying, yep, this is why I go here. This is what I do. This is what I have, what I do to have fun. I'm broke. I don't have any money. I don't have any food. <laughs> I love my classes. You know, it's that. And even if we go local, we go to Southern, it's the same thing. We go to Central, it's the same thing. But it's always those out-of-state trips, like the light bulbs just go, they go off. And I, and I, that's why I do it. I'd be tired, Babs. I'd be tired. Girl, but I know. <laughs> I love it because it's just like, it's those little light bulbs. That's why you do it. Well, you know, now, Shaka, 20 years in, you've got a bunch of kids who have already graduated college. Oh, yeah, we're we're good. Like, <laughs> I we have if I can, like, flex, as they say. Yes, you can. Like, have, <laughs> I have kids who work for Google. I have kids who graduated from Yale. I have students who graduated um, top of their class from North Carolina A&T. We have engineers in California. We have um, air pilots, first-time African-American air pilots who are making history. We have chefs. I have a, a chef who is the first Black chef who ever taught at the Culinary Institute of America. Like, I love my kids. And, and, and I still stay connected with them. Like, I reach out to them. Hey, Of course you, you do. Of course you, you do. You know, like, I have kids <laughs> who are having kids now. Like, <laughs> 
know, and this, but like they're they're in their careers. Um, and 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 on the flip side too, I have some kids who didn't finish. Like it's not uh, we have a great rate for high school graduation, but life happens. Life happens. And I have some kids who went to school and they didn't finish, but they're still, they're still mine. Like they're still, I'm still part of, and I'm still proud of them because they've just decided like they want to take care of family. Now they have other priorities and it's absolutely nothing wrong with that either. And, and I, as long as they're doing great, that's all I care about. Whatever great mm-hmm. means for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. So 20 years in, so that means you've built some good relationships with all the schools that you go visit. Like they, now they expect you. And if and if you don't show up, they're calling you up. Like, okay, when you when you when you gonna bring the next posse of kids through, right? I, I would imagine that that's how it goes down. Like, okay, we didn't hear from Dr. Felder. Like, what's that? Somebody make a phone call to Connecticut. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> that feels good. I'm not gonna lie to you. I, like, even um, we take kids to the HBCU event. We've been doing it. We started it. We brought it to Connecticut. We've been doing that for 19 years. Every year they call me, how many kids you bringing down from Connecticut? And every year I'm like, I remember I brought 20 and then it was like 40 and it was like 50. And I remember one year I brought 10 buses and it's just, I, I love it, Babs. And it's not like for me, it's just like people know what we're doing and it's the pipeline and like, you know, we know who to go to and, and pull kids from Connecticut. And I just want the kids to be great for them to have. If we can break down the barriers. That's all I care about. Mm-hmm. And so tell me, tell me about some of the barriers. What, what, what barriers are you kicking down? So there's this um, myth that um, students from the greater New Haven area, one, they are not developmentally ready. <clears throat> They don't have a good um, content or curriculum background um, and or they just don't have um, like the access. And for me, like I that's that's a problem for me that I, I, I like solving. So if our students don't have access to get to or to find out about like that's our job. Um, and that's that's a real barrier. Um, there's even in our own backyard, there's there's this myth that um, New Haven public school kids can't or Hamden public schools can't like that gets on my nerves. And and I, I'm like determined. To keep fighting that, to keep mm. fighting that. So. What do you say to uh, schools, districts? Do, I mean, or do you do you get to say, or do you have some say uh, about, hey, this is what I'm noticing. You might want to think about this, that, and the other thing. Do you do you get to have some consult with with school superintendents and say, you know, I, I've been doing this for a long time, not trying to tell you how to run your schools, but you might want to think about this, 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 this. I mean, do you get to do that? And, and if you do do that, do they hear you? <laughs> So I, I get to do that. I have personal relationships with folks. I have professional relationships with folks over the years throughout the state. Um, majority of them are in our urban communities, Hartford, New Haven, um, Waterbury. Um, and there are some communities who listen and there are some communities who don't. Um, and the communities who don't listen, it's a matter of, well, like, we do our own thing. We got it. I'm like, okay, but your kids are still, like your families are still calling. So something's not, 
something's not meshing. But, you know, when I have those personal relationships with folks, they are able to listen. Um, for the for the superintendents who I, there are some superintendents who I can call, who I trust and they trust me and they ask me for support or advice or guidance. And, and I'm always there to support um, because it's, again, it's about like the, the, the greater is the good, the community at whole. And if I can help any district look good in terms of how many kids are going to school, how many kids are getting access to, to college and career, it's a win-win for everybody. Mm, mm. I like I like that. You you seem to have a very different, and I you know we're both Delta, so there's a lot of us in the education system, right? There's like a gazillion of us, um, and you seem to have a very uh, different approach. You have a very calm, uh, uh, positive approach to education. Like I don't think I've ever seen you. Like, oh God, I hate this. <laughs> like, I, I don't think I've ever heard that out of your. Mm-hmm. I guess I've never seen any burnout. You know, I know, listen, I know you get frustrated. You all get frustrated, but I've not I've not seen evidence of burnout. Like, I don't, I don't know. No, maybe you do get burned out. My, I do, but that's my husband. It's for he gets the burnt all of that. <laughs> and my board of directors, you talk to my board, they will tell you, they like, oh no, child. That's when we have those, uh, let's let's go behind closed doors and talk it out. I do get burned out. I do get tired. Um, but my mother was an educator, New York City public school educator for um, a little over 30 years. Wow. My father was a New York City police officer. My grandmother was a social worker for the city of New York. Um, and I remember, <laughs> I, my mother was a, was a fourth grade public school teacher for years. And I hated going into her classroom as her own kid, but she loved her kids. And every year she talks about it to this day, she would do this Motown um, review. She would teach her kids and it wasn't during Black History Month. She would teach her kids everything about Motown. And like, she loved it. And she always talks about it. And anytime you run into any kid in New York City who was ever taught by Miss Jackson, they always talk about Motown, how much they know about Motown. And like she was teaching them about music, about culture, about history, about life, like uh, collaboration, coordination, singing. Like they, the kids didn't even know they were learning all of this as a fourth grader, but it's a memory that they hold on to forever. Like, yeah. That's my drive. Do you see what I mean? So yeah. like if my mother, who is like over 70 now, can still talk about how much she did, not teaching them math, reading, writing, or, you know, whatever, but those experiences that made them better humans, like that's, that's why, like, I, I get happy about it. But I'm not going to lie, Babs, this joint is hard because <laughs> adults are hard to work with in education. <laughs> It don't be the kids. And you know that the kids are fine. Kids are great. Kids are going to be kids. I don't care what people say, but it, it gets hard because it's the adults that get in the way. Mm, mm. So um, <laughs> I know you do a lot of scholarship search, right? Because yeah. kids got to pay for write, education. You, you know anybody that can write my kids a, a check? <laughs> I need someone to write me a check when I start applying. <laughs> College is so expensive right now. It is. But they say there's money out there, Shaka, but it's a it's a 
far and wide search though, right? It's a it's a part-time job getting scholarships. Like you have to, like we start the scholarship process with our kids early. Some kids commit to it. Some kids don't. It's a part-time job getting scholarships. Yeah. yeah. It's hard. And college is not getting cheaper. Or easier to get into. Yeah. Did you know that um, North Carolina Ante had 40,000 applicants and they only could take 3,000? Oh, my God. How did they get 40,000 applicants? I said, when I went down there last week, I said, I guess we got to start another HBCU because y'all don't have enough space. Like, <laughs> we need to open up another school. Send them across the street to Bennett. <laughs> that too, right? Like, and level to, the And to Johnson yeah. C. Smith in Charlotte and yeah, that that's true. You're right. Like in going down to Philander. Just, yeah, you tr- you're right. You're right. There's you're enough right. of them. They just gotta work together in terms of listen, we got forty thousand applicants. Y'all, y'all look at some of these applicants and see who y'all could offer something to, you, you know, right. in, in neighboring neighboring because listen, it's all south as far as I'm concerned. Right. So they should start sharing applications, like put them in an applicant pool and just yeah. like Yeah. They pick. Yeah. I think so. You know. Like where did forty thousand kids come from? Well, you know, it's the greatest. Great, uh, let me, let me, let me, let me make sure there's no Howard people listening. <laughs> it's the greatest homecoming on the planet. It is. Mm-hmm. That's what they Michelle say. Turner tell you. That's what they say. That's what they say. Although the Howard people would fight you on that, but okay, Howard. And so with the Grambling people, and so with the Florida A and M Yes. <laughs> So everybody get a little piece of this fight. So, um, so, so Shaka, when you think about the future, what do you, what do you want for higher heights? What is the dream? Um, I always wanted our own physical building. And I think that's probably why I was like, that's why I'm a co-founder of Booker T. Washington Academy in New Haven. I always wanted, um, like a, our own, like a building, like, so not a school, but like a building. Um, I've always dreamed there's a there's a property downtown New Haven I've always wanted to buy. Um, and that's my dream. <laughs> where is it? You tell me where it is. Um, it's, it's taken right now. It's right down by Dunkin' Donuts. It's where the military, I think the military has that location, but it's all glass. And, and I want that space. <laughs> I, I want, I want, and I want it right there. I want that space um, so bad for so many different reasons. Um, and I just see us being able to do so many different things for the community in a space like that right there. That's what I want. That's my dream. Now, my second dream, well, my first, first dream actually did come true a couple of months ago. Um, I always dreamt that we would um, be a, a premier partner with the university. And the University of New Haven reached out to me last summer and said, hey, we've been watching you guys for a long time. You sent a lot of kids to us and we want to partner with you like officially. And Whoa. yeah, Babs, can can I tell you what we just like what just happened? Because I've been crying since August. The partnership with Higher Heights and UNH is a formal partnership signed in MOU, black and white with the university in perpetuity. Um, Students who come through directly through higher heights will earn a $20,000 scholarship per (gasps) pupil. 
per year to go to UNH, per year. Do you know how much money that is? Yeah, girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and um, we, on the front end, to help our kids get in, um, UNH is also offering higher high students free courses. So they can take free courses prior to getting into UNH. Now, if the students choose not to go to UNH, they can still take those college courses and take them wherever they want to go, Southern, Central, whatever. Um, but that alone, that's like $80,000. Wow. So if Higher Heights is now working with, right now we have 1,000 students in our database that we're physically working with this school year. We've had a little over 100 apply to UNH. Wow. This year. And I'm still counting those numbers. But that dollar, higher heights, be, when you asked me earlier about barriers, higher heights being that entity to open up access, $80,000 a kid. Okay, okay, you don't want to go to UNH. Okay, fine. But if you go to UNH, you want to study criminology. Criminal justice, UNH is one of the top schools, is the top school in the state of Connecticut when it comes to criminal justice. Their mm -hmm. engineering is their engineering program is premier. They have an amazing business program. Like UNH is a great institution, right? And you want to partner with Little Ohio Heights to provide access for 1,000 babies, black and brown children? Like, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just humbled. <laughs> I love it. That's a wonderful thing. Congratulations. Thank you. Cause that, that'll, first of all, it'll take a financial burden off a lot of students. It's yeah, like you said, it's a very fine institution, you know, um, they're getting a world-class education. So that's, you know, that's worth everything right there. Um, and, and I like it. <laughs> I just like, I just like it. I just like, I like it. it too. I, I just I like the in, the investment that the president is making, and then we have some other things in and you know aligned with that partnership that um that's coming down the pipe too. But that one was immediate, and it it applied to this year's graduating class. I have kids oh. this year who are class of twenty twenty three who are going to be walking on UNH's campus debt free. Like that's. So look, yeah. if you think about it, if a, if a student goes to New Haven Public Schools, for example, and they, they're part of Higher Heights, they are also promise eligible. And then they also love Mr. Barber. They also get the New Haven Scholarship Fund. Look, that's a win. That's a win any which way you cut it. That's a win any which way you cut it. Mm -hmm. It's a win all the way around. Right. Yes. I, right. I, now, I'm not trying to go back in time to raise no more children, but I'll tell you. <laughs> Listen. Yeah. And I, oh. I, yeah, that's why we're here. Well, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm over the moon ecstatic for your success of this program in 20 years. I was talking about this in the, in my hour before I was like, you know what? I, I cannot believe it's been 20 years. Like it just feels like yesterday that you, I met you and, and you were talking about this and. And people were looking at me like I was crazy. <laughs> they were like, 
You want to do what, girl? You want to do what? They were like, they were like, who are you? Where did you just come from? (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) So there you go. There it is right there. You can can look at it. uh, Yep. Look at our UNH partner right there at the top. I see. Um, And I didn't even notice it until you said it, right? Like now I'd like see it. Like, oh, I see it. I see it. So. And and our program, um, like I said, we're in three high schools, um, but a family still want like that original higher heights after school touch um, applications are open now is at the top of the screen. They can apply mm-hmm. um, and, and enroll. I keep the Saturday program capped. I would love to take a thousand, but I can only take a few, like 40, 50 kids. <laughs> um, because yeah. if you want the bigger program, you know, at Hill house, we're at Hill house, high school, new community and Hill regional career high school in New Haven. And then in Hartford, we're at Weaver, Harford High and Buckley High School. Okay. Um, so they can, you know, get those experiences directly through those schools. But the after school, the, the Saturday program is, is me. You get you get me directly on Saturdays and Sundays. <laughs> it's been a pleasure talking to you. I'm so proud you. of your success. And I and if I had more time, would you have to come back? Because you know I want to talk about fitness and uh, uh, and I didn't get a chance to talk about. <laughs> And I didn't get a chance to talk about the Legends Ball because like you oh. just had it. You know, I didn't get invited, but yes, right. you did. Did I? Oh, yes, I you did. You're on my mailing list. You got an invitation. You right. better make sure it didn't come right. back to me. No, I'll come yes, back. you did. I'll, I'll be there next year. Let me tell you something. I saw the picture. I was like, wait, wait, why am I yes, not there? Mm-hmm. So, but no, I and I love I love the whole concept of what you do with that. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that gets them ready for the real world when they start to go places and and have to dress up and be appropriate and you know learn some skills and into you know how to how to be in, in fancy places which is which is if you're not if you don't have that experience you don't know that experience so so high five to you for just covering all the bases for the young people thank you all the bases <laughs> I love you Dr Felder you are my one of my favorite people, and I'm such a fan girl. Such Thank a you. Fan. So happy twentieth, and uh, you just gonna come back on. We gonna talk some more. Just okay. All right. Put that music back on. You were jamming. I, <laughs> I was like, I'm, you know, I'm all. I'm going to the music. That was you was jamming. <laughs> all right, Harry, hit it. I'll be back tomorrow. Dr. Schockenfelder, y'all go to a higher heights and uh, check them out. If you know young people, parents, kids over there. Shaka. I love you, girl. Thank you love so you, much. Love you. Okay. Yeah.